Good morning, everybody. My name is Mark Vina of More Insights and Strategy, and welcome to the Smart Tech Check podcast, where we cover all tech topics that are smart home, home automation, home security, and console gaming related. Today is Tuesday, June 30th, 2020. I hope all of you have had a great weekend and are looking forward to a super July 4th holiday. All of us certainly need a relaxing weekend with uh, friends and family. The focus of today's podcast is a technology ingredient topic, and that's the subject of touch in technology solutions. For what I'm sure will be a lively discussion, I've got two gentlemen from the company that is arguably the de facto leader in human interface, and that is Synaptics who is based in San Jose, California, and was founded way back in 1986. Chances are you're using a smartphone, laptop, or, or a host of other popular products that utilizes Synaptics technology. Today, we're gonna to talk about a relatively new touch capability subject, and that's the technology of force, something that has, had, has the real potential of injecting more innovation in the laptop space, as well as other product categories. For a really robust discussion on this topic, I'm pleased to introduce Steve Schultes, Vice President and General Manager of Synaptics PC Division, and Tyson McCooney, a Senior Product Manager who works at the company as well. Uh, Steve, Tyson, welcome to both of you and welcome to today's podcast. How are each of you today? Oh, doing great, Mark. Thank you. And good morning to, your, to you and your viewers. Thanks uh, for having us, Mark. And I think you're in different locations. Tyson, whereabouts are you? We'll start I'm with in you. in headquarters in San Jose. Oh, so you're not away from me. That's right, correct. I, I forget that you're now back, back in the San Jose area. Uh, and Steve, you're uh, yeah. in Austin during the lockdown. That's correct. Thank you. Down there. Coming to you from Austin, Texas, correct. <laughs> Which is a lovely place to be, and I know that firsthand. Uh, let's talk a bit, Steve, about, um, first and foremost, you know, the legacy of Synaptics. I think that's a real important topic. You know, it's one of those ingredient companies, of course, just in full disclosure, I worked with both of you guys when I worked at Synaptics many years ago. Um, but we know, we know each other quite well. And I was, I'm delighted to get you on today's uh, podcast because this is an important topic. But Synaptics is one of those companies that, you know, not a lot of people know about, you know, uh, from at least a consumer level. I mean, sure, if you're, you know, a notebook user, you might be familiar with Synaptics touchpads. But what qualifies them from a heritage standpoint, um, from, and from a usage model standpoint. Let's talk a little bit about that, Steve. Let's start off with that. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if you look back at uh, Synaptics, uh, you know, our, our first product as a company uh, was in the touch space, right? It's a touchpad. Uh, and uh, mid-90s, we had touchpad, uh, scroll wheels. And so we started off kind of revolutionizing you know, how people interact with their devices, right? It's people back in the old days were still using uh, scroll mice on their PCs, and I <laughs> that was my, my very first one, and uh, you know, not long after that, the, uh, the touchpad came out, and so it gives us a uh, you know a real focus on how the uh, user interacts with the device, and I think that's one of the, the strongest things in the in the uh, heritage of Synaptics is that you know the user experience is always first and foremost about you know how how people interact with the device, and so uh, you know that's that's one of the key areas that when we look about how do we do things forward, we're building on that legacy of understanding. How do people, you know, naturally, intuitively uh, work with a device where there's not a big learning curve? Well, you know, and you mentioned the magic product that really put Synaptics on the map after the, uh, that initial um, touchpad implementation that they did with Apple during the uh, mid-90s. But Apple, uh, not Apple, but uh, Synaptics was also responsible for developing the, um, the, the, I wouldn't say infamous because that has a negative connotation, but the famous 
um, scroll wheel on the original Apple iPod. Not too many people know about that. Yeah, so we, we worked with a number of companies uh, to come up with uh, yeah, devices that uh, were implemented in a, in a uh, scroll wheel type uh, uh, format. Um, so, you know, as the uh, audio, uh, you know, personal audio devices back then were, were rolling out, uh, that was a, a new way of interacting, right? Uh, much, much different than just pressing buttons gave people more. So those, those were definitely uh, some, some key, key things that uh, Synaptics did in, in the early stages. Well, and, and it was impressive because at that time, you know, MP3 players were not brand new. Uh, but what was brand new is the fact that you could, you know, you know, literally store, you know, tens of thousands of songs and that scroll wheel allowed people to scroll through those songs and be able to navigate thousands of titles, you know, very, very quickly. And that was some, not something that's really possible when you have a, a physical implementation. So that, that indeed was a big deal. Um, let's talk about, and I want to, I want to get, I want to tee this up for Tyson, you know, force is kind of a, a relatively new technology topic. Uh, not just in laptops, but in, you know, in, 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 in uh, technology products per se. What is Force Tyson? And, and let's describe that to the audience. And, you know, there'll be an animation playing that kind of describes that. But, you know, at a layman's level, what does Force do? And, you know, and what's so magical about that in terms of what the innovation that might bring to the notebook space and other product spaces? Yeah, it brings a new level of input to input devices. Uh, most people are usually used to navigating on certain devices uh, using X and Y coordinates. So moving up and down, but what force actually provides you is the, the Z, the depth, uh, the pressure sensing. And that brings a whole new level of interaction between you and the device. Mm -hmm. Now you, 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 you know, Z height, you know, which is a, uh, you know, code for thickness, you know, for, to the, to, uh, to a mainstream uh, person who may not be completely familiar with industrial design. Let's talk about that a bit. And, you know, maybe t see, I'll tee that up uh, for, for you because that is really important because there's been this ongoing trend in notebooks for probably 10 years now in terms of creating incredibly thin and light uh, notebooks. So how did ForcePad, first of all, from an industrial design standpoint, play into that? And why could that possibly be a benefit in that category? Yeah. Question. There's there's kind of two trends, and you mentioned the first one, right? The, you know, everybody's trying to get thinner uh, laptops and and really trying to get you know that that edge on the industrial design, and that's also meeting a second trend, which is you know growing to a surface for your right. And so we've seen people you know want to have a very large area to interact through gestures, uh, you know, take advantage of of that full real estate. And so when that happens, you're um, in a traditional click pad, uh, there's a mechanical movement that goes up and down, and that movement is uh, scales uh, basically linearly with the uh, size of the touchpad. And so, as your touchpad gets two or three times larger than it was, say five years ago, uh, it's taking a bigger bite out of the space that's underneath uh, the touchpad uh, to, to have clearance for that. And so, that creates a problem, right? Because as you get thinner, you're trying to squeeze battery, in, uh, you know, underneath there. Uh, in many cases. And so you start compressing on that area. And so force gives you the ability to address both of those trends. Uh, force, it does not, um, there's no you know, physical movement that you have to design around. And so it allows you to go very thin, but also as you scale out to a very large uh, surface, uh, you still keep that same level of thinness. It doesn't grow uh, in terms of uh, how much space it requires underneath the, uh, the touch surface in order. And so those two together really, it, it's a, 
perfect solution for that to be able to come in and uh, make sure that you can get as thin as you want with the design, but still go very large with your clicking surface. And so that's the, uh, I think timing wise, that's why it's making sense right now is it's both of those things coming together. Yeah, and so let's dive into that into a little bit deeper. And Tyson, because you're probably the uh, technology expert for Steve, because Steve doesn't know too much about technology. I know him personally, and you know he, <laughs> he, 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 he runs at a very, very high level, but all kidding aside, let's talk about the mechanical me mechanism in a traditional uh, touchpad, like a click pad, which click pads are pretty traditional. You don't see a lot of notebooks anymore with physical buttons. Most touch, you know, I, I'm probably, I, I'm pr probably close to 100% of the notebooks on the market today are some type of click pad, what we used to call click pad uh, design. Let's describe though that, me that mechanical mechanism because that does have a, a pretty significant impact on the Z height of the notebook. Could you, so could you explain that to the audience? Sure. Uh, so as you described, uh, most touch solutions in a PC are click pads. So you have this dome switch behind the touch sensor, uh, and you have this mechanical assembly that moves the, uh, the click pad uh, physically up and down, sort of like a, a hinge door, right? So if you look at the trend of PCs today, that click pad size is increasing year over year. Uh, if, you see, if you look at uh, some, some solutions out there about a 160 by 100, Mm -hmm. millimeter and they're get, just getting bigger. So if you look at the example of the door I just gave you, as the door gets bigger, the, the swing of the door is, becomes harder to do, right? So these click pads, as they get bigger, you know, they have to be rigid. So the performance is there, but then you have to increase the thickness of that whole stack up. Now, what the force pad enables you to do is increase that size with less impact to the Z height because it's not moving up and down physically. Uh, it's a static solution. So um, you're able to let, that's one of the reasons why these PC OEMs are interested in force. Mm -hmm. Now we talked, we talked about the thinness and obviously the, the capability facilitates thinner designs. When you go into the, and you know, you peel that back a bit and you talk about some of the usage models that that may enable, because it really, it does, it really presents some interesting opportunities. So Steve, from your perspective, at a very high level, because a lot of this is still kind of up in the air and you know, the, the, you know, you've got companies like Apple and Microsoft and others that probably play, play, play a pretty significant role in determining what those usage models are. But from a synaptics perspective, let's talk a little bit about the, the potential high level usage models that might, uh, might enable. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think, you know, what we look at first and foremost is, you know, it needs to provide, you know, a great experience just, uh, you know, in place of the click pad itself, right? And so we don't want to take away something that users are familiar with and, and have them, you know, need to be kind of trained up on something uh, that's different. And so that's kind of our, our first guiding principle, right, is it needs to be, you know, an excellent replacement for the click pad. And so one of the things that's uh, super important about that is having uh, you know a, a response so that the user knows hey I pressed down on this and I you know I felt a click come back right even though it's uh, it's not the same uh, type click that's done before but we add haptics into that uh, so that there's a response so that it's an affirmative uh, uh, back into the user that okay yes it's it's been clicked like that right so that's that's kind of the the first most important thing is just making sure this is a great experience but there's there's definitely other things that could be right? so we think about things such as uh, you know having different uh, levels of granularity in your control right so you'd be able to uh, have 
uh, you know, pressure detected, right? And our different solutions that can detect pressure by individual fingers or detect pressure just overall on the pad. And we found a lot more uh, common uh, interest right now uh, because it's it's something that you know you can build on. For example, you know, the first is to show that you're actually you know. I'm looking at this, I, I have some intention possibly, and then you can have a harder push, which means, hey, I want to confirm this and go forward with that. Um, so I think there's things that from a user end, uh, you know, and as you said, these are things that, you know, will require, you know, OS partners and, and OEMs and ourselves, you know, really to think through, you know, what can be these new usage models, uh, you know, uh, to enable for the customer. And then, you know, there's other things that are actually, you know, things that could just be done very simply, and we've seen OEMs do this. So, uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, uh, recent launches of a full uh, force pad under a, a full plastic cover. Uh, and so in that case, it's completely sealed. There's no, there's no moving parts. There's no areas for dust, water, any of those types of things. And so you've been able to, uh, you know, take a product that, uh, you know, you can get some thinness out of it, but you could also get, you know, maximum kind of uh, waterproofing, right, and, and just environmental conditions. So that's been another area where uh, force has, has been applied that, uh, you know, two or three years ago, we hadn't thought of as a mainstream usage, right? But this is an area where you can, can do that. So I think that's, that's going to be interesting. And even outside the PCs, I think you'll see things, um, you know, that are in, in, we're operating in environments where, you want to have these sealed off, and so I think you know I think Force has some very interesting usages, uh, you know, throughout the industry. Now, one area we should talk about because it's an important, especially when you're talking about notebooks, and we and we should talk about other pro, uh, other product categories as well. But with respect to notebooks uh, or laptops, there is this this topic of the Microsoft Precision Touchpad initiative, which they kicked, you know Microsoft kicked off you know several years ago, and they kind of dipped their toe in the waters with. Uh, their surface um, products. And you know, that was to me kind of a, an attempt by Microsoft to try to create some level of consistency and standard with the touchpad experience. Now, the, the interesting thing is that, you know, Synaptics for years, of course, has been providing their own driver. Uh, this, the, you know, at a high level, when I compare, look at the, what Microsoft does from a precision touchpad standpoint versus what uh, Synaptics does, there's a lot more functionality typically in the Synaptics driver than there is in the uh, the Microsoft uh, driver, but get, let's talk a little bit about you know the, in terms of the way you kind of comprehend that in your go-to-market um, activities. Um, that uh, because obviously when you're working with your partners and you've got guys have got significant market, you've always had very significant market share uh, in the laptop space. You have to do it in a kind of agnostic type of way. You know we want to support this, but we'll support this as well. So. You know, Tyson, from your perspective, because you talk to a lot of the OEMs, you know, what is the kind of the way that my, uh, Synaptics comprehends that whole PTP initiative into their go-to-market plans regarding not just ForcePad, but, you know, everything that you guys do? Yeah, so I think what you said about uh, Precision Touchpad is pretty much correct. Uh, Microsoft's attempt when they launched that was to uh, keep the experience consistent, no matter if you're using an HP machine, a Lenovo machine, or a Dell machine, uh, no matter which touch supplier was providing uh, the hardware. Uh, so the biggest thing that uh, Precision Touchpad brought to the table uh, was that consistency as well as the, uh, to me, was the, the scrolling experience. So what they leverage is what, is what they call the touch injection uh, for scrolling. So you basically get the touch feeling 
on a touchpad, you would get from a touchscreen. Mm-hmm. So the resolution of the scrolling was much smoother than uh, the traditional touchpad driver was providing because what the driver was providing uh, for the touchpad suppliers was uh, scroll wheel packets. So you would get, if you remember the traditional uh, mouse scroll wheel, right? It is a mechanical wheel that would rotate and you would get these notches that would scroll. And that's right. pretty much what you were getting from the touchpad driver. Uh, and what PDP changed was the resolution of that scrolling was much more smoother. Users uh, appreciated that much more uh, with the PDP driver. Uh, so let's take it up a notch here too, because you know the, the um, what I like to tell people, you know, uh, that hey, when I worked for Synaptics and you know I was overseeing the business that provided you know touchpads and notebooks, I think a lot of mainstream consumers think that touchpads are a very simple technology, and they're actually very very complex. I mean, it's 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 a um, it's an accolade to Synaptics, I think, that the fact is the technology has become so mainstream over the years that people tend to see it in a very non-complex way. But it's a, actually a fairly com- uh, complex capability. And you're not just supplying a component, you know, to an ODM that then, does, you know, puts that product into an OEM solution like an HP or a Dell. You know, uh, what's always fascinating about Synaptics is the value proposition it has around usability. Steve, you talked about that before. Um, the, uh, the human interface interaction, the customer experience, that's, you know, the, the, the operative phrase here. You're not just, you know, providing a piece of silicon or uh, some a piece of uh, metal that goes into the palm rest of a notebook and you're off to the races. I mean, the, the uh, people use that, uh, that, that part of the notebook on a very regular basis and it really becomes almost, has to become second nature. So let's talk about the synaptic value proposition in terms of the way that technology is deplo- uh, deployed. And the fact that it's a module, I mean, you don't, you just don't supply, a, you know, again, a, a chip, you know, you're supplying uh, the mechanical in most cases, the, the, the touchpad itself, the driver in many cases, there's a QA component to this. So let's talk about, about that because I think that requires a, a bit of explanation to validate the value proposition that Synaptics provides. Yeah, Mark, that's, that's a great point, right? So when we look at, you know, how do we provide an end-to-end solution um, you know, all of those are, are key components, right? So it's starting with, you know, what, what experience is trying to enable for their customers, right? And so, some of them are looking for, you know, very standardized experience and other ones have, you know, a feel for their particular brand. And so, you know, we work with the customers, you know, very closely with their user experience teams, industrial design, engineering, marketing teams, um, you know, to really come up with, you know, what's the right solution for their product. And then typically, you know, that involves kind of the whole stack, right? So we start with, you know, our, our uh, ASICs certainly enable this, but, you know, we tend to build the whole, the whole module because when you look at, um, you know, the customer's experience, things such as, uh, you know, very robust and uh, crisp uh, click is very, and so it's one of the things uh, we've done is not only building the, uh, you know, the ASIC and, and the full PCBA assembly, but also building mechanical structures so we can get, you know, really, you know, in there every time consistently across all their platforms. And so a number of customers, you know, go all the way through the uh, mechanical solutions with us. Um, and in terms of drivers, you know, that's an area where you know, our service levels are you know, very fast. And, uh, we can provide some differentiation there. So some customers will go that route. Others are, are more than happy to go down the route of just kind of the, 
the standardized industry experience. So we, you know, we're happy to work uh, with either one of those. And you know, those uh, from from touch pads into click pads all the way through force pads, right? It's really an ability for us to you know, understand the customer's problem uh, and and really share with with our you know main, main customers, you know, how do end users think about this, right? So we have a fully uh, staffed usability team that goes out and you know, when, especially when we're uh, class of product understands, you know, okay, how do people think about this? What's the what's the intuitive way uh, to do this? Because you really don't want to have to train people in this, right? That's mm -hmm. one thing we've learned over the years is that when you have to train someone or teach some someone, then you know you're you're fighting an uphill battle. And so as we think about, you know, how do we get into intuitive or you know, even the term uh, perceptive computing, right? Where we think, you know, the PC under you know understands what someone's trying to accomplish without us having to train them. That's really the key thing. And so, you know, as we looked at uh, force, for example, you know, we've come back and, and kind of realized that, you know, making this great uh, experience uh, for what, you know, kind of the, uh, the interactive inter interactivity that users are already used to uh, is going to be first and foremost. And then we can build on top of that and add other things to it once we've got the baseline. In the few minutes we uh, we have left, uh, I think it's important to point out that there are that there have been some forced designs that Synaptics has kind of roped in. Um, so it's not like it's you know this is coming. I mean, uh, certainly you know more uh, notebooks and laptops in the future and other types of products will be coming down the pipeline, and hopefully in the not too distant future they have the capability. But Tyson, let's talk about you know the, the, there's been some impressive design wins that uh, Synaptics has had with uh, with Forced. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so we developed ForcePad uh, in the 2011 timeframe. So when I when I was still in Japan, uh, our first product launched with with it was with HP. They actually launched their Force solution in 2012, well before Apple re released their solution, um, and they basically did Force for most of their commercial PCs. Um, and then recently, we have. Uh, did other force solutions of the different kinds of force technologies. Uh, we were in the Intel reference uh, PC, mm -hmm. and that was in uh, 2015 with the Skylake uh, reference design. Uh, and then last year we were working with Lenovo, uh, what Steve was just talking about, on a solution that was quite unique in the market. So basically what that solution was, was that there was no seam for the touchpad in the palm rest. So, Usually there's a, in the, in the PC palm rest, you have this hole and then the touchpad is inserted in, in that hole and you physically see the, the touchpad, right? So what Lenovo decided to do was have a more sleek design where the touchpad was actually, uh, or the force pad in this case, was hidden in the palm rest. So the, the palm rest was completely smooth. There was no seam um, and they just mounted the force pad from below. And that was the idea that they were going for. So that was the most recent uh, force pad design that we have. but. To your point, uh, force is trending in the PC, uh, the OEMs, and I expect force solutions, uh, force designs in the PC market to be uh, uh, growing. And, and we should confine, Steve, our conversation toward just the laptop space. Force is gonna show up in other uh, product categories that Synaptic serves. So can we talk about a couple of those? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, if you look at the, the value proposition of force, right, it gives you, uh, you know, in the PC, it's giving you a, a thinness, right? And that's, that's I think, showing 
uh, some immediate fruition in terms of solving that problem of you know larger pads and notebooks. Uh, but if you think about the usage model itself, it, it can apply in you know all sorts of different devices, right? And so you think about the ability to you know press something, you know, understand, be able to detect, okay, this is what I'm pressing, and then press harder maybe to to click it. So I could see. Uh, you know, areas such as automotive, that could be pretty interesting, right? Where mm. you may not, you, know, you got your eyes on the road and, you know, you press and, you know, today it can be, um, you know, so you have to kind of be able to see where that is, press, get some sort of initial feedback and then press harder to confirm that. So I, th I think there's a, a number, the other area that, um, you know, we've seen just in general uh, in the marketplace is uh, potentially interested in white goods, right? So things that are, uh, you know, needing to be, again, like sealed surfaces, those kind of things, uh, you know, those can be uh, fairly interesting. So, you know, there's a, I think a wide variety, you know, outside of just the core markets that, you know, the Naptex focuses on today, where force could be a pretty interesting solution. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting, um, I, next, I think, uh, next couple of years for Synaptics, you know, specific to this product category, because I just think that the, um, Force can really have a dramatic impact, not just on laptops and the thinner designs, but other form factors. You know, I easily could see a lot of places where force could show up in an automobile, you know, somewhere in the uh, dashboard. Um, you know, God knows that area needs as much innovation to, as, a, as, uh, as it possibly can. Because I think people are, are, are tired with wheels and, you know, it's, even sometimes touchscreens are not the most convenient um, be, uh, 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 capabilities to use inside a car. But this has really been fascinating. We have to really revisit this. Uh, Tyson, I'm going to tee this up for you. You know, wh where do we find uh, Synaptics? How do we get, uh, what's the name of the website? I'm sorry, can we, I think it's the, name, <laughs> the name of your website. I hope you know the answer to that. Oh, www.synaptics.com. Right. Well, this has been terrific, Steve. Uh, Tyson, thank you for joining today's podcast. Uh, thank you to the entire More Insights and Strategy audience for uh, following and, and listening to us. Please follow us on our social media partners. That's Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And until next time, have a great July 4th weekend.